Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us here for Episode 7, Season 1 of The Standoff, your rugby league show um, brought to you here on New Zealand Sport Radio. As always here on a Wednesday evening, I'm joined by my fellow colleague and longtime league enthusiast, Brad Inger. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to all the listeners. We had some great games in round nine and some interesting talking points that I think we can discuss tonight. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it certainly was a, a very, very um, solid round of rugby league. Some some blowouts and some really close games and some low scoring encounters as well. So we'll cover all of those off. Uh, like I said, we're here on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. live on Facebook. Um, and you can always catch us on our podcast, Brad. That's right. At um, iHeartRadio, just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And as always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week of Rugby League, which is including the top stories of the week, a wrap-up of round nine, a preview of round 10, and news on rugby league from around the world, including the women's game. So tune so in. So tune in. Rugby <laughs> 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 right. now, so, yeah. so tune in, listeners, uh, to um, the show, and uh, yeah, please feel free to um, ask us a question or two along the way, and um, we will definitely get to those a little bit later on. So, hey, look, it's time for the top stories of the week, and uh, leading the top stories of the week, um, just announced a few days ago, was the fact that Dean Pay has resigned as Bulldogs head coach, and there are talks of um, Trent Barrett coming into the mix. But first of all, let's address the Dean Pay um, res resignation. Uh, Brad, what do you make of it, and um, how 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 is this going to play out for the Bulldogs for the rest of the season? I think that's going to be the interesting question. Um, he was advised that he was not needed next year and then he decided just to leave now and i'm not sure what it's we've seen we've seen some teams fall apart when they lose a coach and some of them get better i don't think they're going to get better i think it's it's probably the end of the season for them not that the season was going to get better for them anyway but um i don't think trent barrett's the way to go um, I've got friends that are, I got friends that are Bulldogs fans that think um, Dean Pay was a bit hard done by, and wasn't given time. I I'm not sure. I don't follow him that much to know how much of a chance he had. 
how much he didn't, but it will be interesting to see coming up. Yeah, I guess with Dean Pay though, he has been there for the last what two and a half seasons. So I think that you know they're playing in a fairly hard and fast uh, competition these days, and you know unlike perhaps the you know in the early nineties or even in the early two thousands when coaches may have been given a bit more of a run. It very much is a professional sport. Um, it obviously has been for some time. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, um, these days, if you're coaching, if the coach is not, you know, providing the results that the team is looking for, then unfortunately, um, they're moved on rather quickly these days. And if they're not moved on, then the pressure of the media, the pressure of the general public from the members, the fans, supporters, um, really does have an impact on that decision. And I feel Dean Pay, like, if you just watched him in the commentary box, well, not in the commentary box. If you watched him in uh, in the stands uh, during the game on the weekend, mate, he was absolutely um, totally stressed out. It just looked above him. And, you know, I feel sorry for him. He, he is a very proud uh, bulldog. Um, they have got a lot of time for him. He is a he is definitely one of the, um, you know, key uh, members that, that are part of that organisation. So, um, yeah, it was probably a difficult decision for him to sort of walk away. But, I guess if you're a Bulldogs fan, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really mixed up on this one because I would have thought that if Dean was going to leave, end of the season would have been better because they're just playing some real terrible football at the moment. And change of coach now, would that mean they'll be able to get up to 8, 10, 12 competition points before the end of the season? What do you think, Brad? I don't think so. I'd, I'd be surprised if they get even one more win this year. I think I think they were done already. Um, interesting that he decided to go straight away. Um, I don't. Obviously, we'll probably never know what was said in their meeting. But yeah, to just take pick up everything and go um, was a bit of a shock. I expected him to be out by the end of the year. Uh, I, yeah, I just thought he'd see it through. Well, uh, that looks like, uh, you know, the decision's been made from Dean Pay. So um, I, I guess, is there an interim coach, Brad, that you know of? Um, someone that's going to look after the team this weekend? or They haven't really that... announced, so I assume it's just the assistant coach, but I don't know who that is. Um, so I right. assume it's just that, and they're focusing on getting someone. Um, Trent Barrett, if he does get it, he is not going to be able to go there till next year. Um, right, we'll been... keep you updated. I guess we'll keep the the listeners updated on that one. So, like, um, yeah, um, but Bulldogs obviously without Dean Pay going forward, um, and yeah, the season just going from bad to worse, really. So, unfortunate for them. But um, in other news, we've got uh, Corey Harawira Naira and Jaden Ockenbar contract deregistrations reduced to bans and fines. Um, Brad, uh, can you shed some light on this one? Yeah. So. In the preseason, they got into a bit of strife with some um, schoolgirls that um schoolgirls, school correct that's correct yeah and the bulldogs ripped up the contracts um sent them on their way and they appealed the decision and this week their appeal um was successful so now their contracts have been taped back together and um they're back with the bulldogs um i've heard rumors that Corey doesn't want to be um, sounds like he's not happy with how the Bulldogs treated him with all this stuff and he's looking to get out. Um, even heard the Warriors are interested. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Jaden is happy to be at the Bulldogs. He's just happy um, to have a job again. So um, it's been quite 
it's quite a, a picky subject. There's a, a big line of people that are against it and people that are for it. I'm not really sure either way. I haven't looked into it enough yet. But um, what are your thoughts on it? Well, both of these guys were playing some really, really good rugby league before all of that happened. Uh, that, that's what I do remember. Um, I yeah. do remember the saga with the two 17-year-old schoolgirls. Um, hey, look, uh, I think the fact that they were 17 and that they were female, you know, things do get thrown out of context a lot in the media. And again, they could be victims of that. I mean, we had Nathan Cleary having some parties during the COVID break. That got thrown out of proportion. Um, he's playing some of the best rugby league that he's ever played. In fact, he's probably playing the best rugby league he has played in his career. And uh, so it certainly wasn't detrimental to his skill set by going away and doing that. I guess if you are in the spotlight, you are in the, um, you know, you are in the eye, uh, you know, of the, the viewer every week. And basically you do have to behave yourself, um, you know, at all costs. But yeah, I think that um, it was a poor look, obviously going around with two younger schoolgirls. Um, I, I understand that these gentlemen aren't too much older, but regardless of that fact, yeah, it was just probably thrown a little bit out of proportion. And I think that's why the Bulldogs have reneged on those, um, you know, deregistrations as such. And hey, um, obviously they're, they're, they're suffering big time. So these two blokes could possibly make a difference to the way that they're playing. So they may have thought, hey, look, we'll get them back in. Like you say, though, the, the the players obviously probably feel a little bit hard done by and probably looking to go elsewhere. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, but Brad, um, let us know what's going on with the Warriors uh, players at the moment that are, are planning to return home. Yeah, so they've confirmed that, that four players are coming home. That's um, David Fusatua, Ken Mamalo, Ignatius Parsi and King Funiyawa. They're, they're all decided they're coming home. It was going to be after the Sharks game, but it's been delayed because they can't get flights. Right. So um, it's been delayed till the 27th of July, which means they'll be available for the Roosters game, which and it's unfortunate for them that they have to wait another week, but it's good for Warriors fans because you're playing one of the best teams. You want to have your best wingers out there. Um I agree with their decision. It's it's a hard hard thing, but it's not something they've just pulled out at the last minute saying, I want to go home. They stated from the start that they were coming home if their family couldn't go over. Once they found out the families couldn't go over, they said, okay, we're going. They didn't say we're leaving tomorrow. They gave enough warning. Um, so it's a shame, but I understand their situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do understand the situation. A little bit disappointing from a Warriors fan perspective, I guess, that they are going home. Um, you know, I would have thought that if you've made the commitment to sort of go over there and be there for the couple of months that you are there, you might as well see it out. We don't know the dynamics of each individual uh, player there. Of course, um, I'm guessing that some of them have young children and um, obviously partners and, and, of course, even parents and brothers and sisters alike. But, you know, um, I, I can understand you know, definitely for those that have younger children, um, you know, that, that's very difficult on a, on a young family. So, um, I, look, I wish them all the best and I hope that, um, you know, we can get back to some sort of normality in the not too distant future in terms of this whole COVID fiasco. Obviously, it's taking a turn over there in Australia for the worst, really. We're getting more and more cases. Um, Melbourne's sort of gone into lockdown now for another six weeks or five more, I, I think it is. And, of course, now it's looking like Sydney um, and yeah. New South Wales, yeah. it's starting to encroach upon those um those areas which is uh you know it's gonna it's gonna see well it's gonna make an impact on you know not just rugby league but other sports as well obviously we're bringing you rugby league news so 
stay tuned in for that one. Um, but yeah, like it'll be interesting. Obviously, the Warriors also potentially having to relocate again. Um, so that's that's also um, some news that uh, you know that may come to fruition. And in terms, Brad, where were they looking to go if the move was necessary? I'm not sure. I assume they're going to go to the Sunshine Coast, which is where they were originally, because um, they were they were there and using Gold Coast. So I'd assume one of those areas, but I thought that's yeah. I mean, I, I had reports that they were perhaps going to go down to Sydney somewhere, but um, I could be wrong. We'll keep you updated anyway once we get more news on that, ladies and gentlemen. So um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll cover off the Warriors uh, game uh, against the Titans as well a little bit later on when we cover off round nine. But um, there's also been some heavy criticism this week in regards to the bunker, uh, Brad. Yeah, so the bunker, we'll talk about it in a few of the games coming up, but the bunker had a bit of a, a rough weekend um, going on top of a few weekends, really. We've had quite um, a few rough ones now. Yeah, it's um, got it's almost a joke now. Graham Ellensley, is, um, he's out every week saying, yeah, they got this wrong, they got that wrong. He actually came out this week and said, I know they've done bad, but we've only got three people that are trained to do it and they're in there at the moment. So we can't drop anyone because that's everyone wants someone dropped. But, well, they've yeah. got the two manly, they've got the two manly bad calls, um, you know, that's robbed them basically. This was a poor call, which we'll cover off a little bit later. Um, but I mean, why isn't, you know, if Graham Annes, Annesley is the head of the, you know, judicial judiciary panel or the, or the referees as such, why isn't he in the bunker? I mean, just go and have a seat, mate, and and just, you know, correct the decision at the time rather than coming out afterwards and saying we got it wrong, we got it wrong. You know, just make a change. Just go and hop in there. I mean, I don't I don't see what's preventing him from – I mean, obviously, hey, look, he, he, there could be other circumstances that prevent him from doing that. But, mate, um, have a weekend away from the family and hop in the bunker because it looks like the bunker needs you at the moment. Yeah. It's it's real bad at the moment. I think Phil Gould probably said it best in the weekend. It was during the Warriors game, but he, he kept reiterating it throughout the weekend, saying that rugby league's not played in slow motion and the bunker is looking at everything in slow motion and you can handpick out anything you want in slow motion, but in real time, it's a completely different story. So I don't know if they need to bring something in where they don't watch it so many times in slow motion or... I think that's a good point. I think if they, you know, once they analyze it in slow motion, I think what should happen before the final decision is made, before they say we have a decision, I think they should um, definitely do the slow-mos and do all of that. But then before they say, you know, we have a decision, one more time at normal speed to just yeah. re reiterate exactly how it happened. I mean, that forward pass a couple of weeks ago, um, I think in the Manly game, which, um, you know, basically cost them the game, um, and, and of course the penalty, I think that was the, pe the penalty try last week, or not the penalty try, but the push in the back last week where, um, who spat the dummy and basically, you know, um, gave it to the referee, you know, th those are the calls that we're talking about where, Hey, look, just, just use a bit of common sense and perhaps you yeah, play it at normal speed before you make the final decision might just give you a bit of insight as to, you know, how it happened in, in, in real time. And that might just alter the decision-making processes, but um, yeah, we'll have to just wait and see um, what happens with uh, the referees and, and, and the bunker. Do you, do you think at all, Brad, that um, going back down to one referee has any has had any impact on these decisions? 
Um, I don't think so. I think I think the refing on a whole has been a little bit better when there's one. I found with two refs, you're basically playing two different games. Um, judging on the uh, thing, but um, some of those calls during the weekend that were wrong, the refs made the right call when they sent it up. So the refs are making the right decision. They just don't seem to have the confidence in themselves to just blow the whistle. Go out, blow the whistle and say this is the call. Um, ah, well. Yeah, it's disappointing. Well, we'll have to keep you updated on that, ladies and gentlemen. What we'll do at the moment, though, we'll crack into um, our round nine wrap-up. And uh, on Thursday night, we had the Cowboys going down to the Roosters in another thumping. So what we are seeing at the moment, ladies and gentlemen, is quite a few games uh, decided by a large margin. And the games that are sort of closer are low-scoring affairs. So there is a real sort of a pattern forming with these new set of rules and so forth. And this game here, Brad, 42 to 16. Um, the Roosters absolutely outplaying the Cowboys. Yeah, um, it was it was a whitewash. It looked it looked like the um, Cowboys were doing good at the start. The um, the Roosters looked a bit rusty, but even rusty, they just kept going. And um, yeah, I it's it's hard to see. You got to be a really good team, like we saw with the Storm, to be able to keep up with the Roosters. Um, otherwise, this is what happens. You get 20, 30 points put on you. I mean, they were they were keeping up with them. I mean, it was only 12-6 at the half. So, you know, to stay in the battle till halftime. But after that, it was just a whitewash. And unfortunately, for the second week in a row, the Cowboys conceded 42 points. That's 84 points in their last two games now that they've conceded. And um, they're really struggling up there, uh, uh, up in Townsville. And, you know, they look, they look separated, to be honest. Um, Paul Green is under a lot of pressure. A lot of people think his time is up. Okay, yes, he has won a championship up there, but there's only so much a coach can do at an organisation. And when when you get to that stalemate, I guess you sort of have to decide what which what which path to go down. And it might be Paul Green's, um, you know, it might be Paul Green's time up there at the Cowboys. Um, you know, just things like playing Valentine Holmes on the wing after he was injured just to keep him on the pitch. That's just a terrible decision. I mean, he's a he's a uh, one of the marquee players of the club. He's an important asset, really, and yeah. at, at all. And I'd be getting him off there as soon as um, there was any sign of injury. Really, what do you think about it? Yeah, the moment uh, a player of his talent, you can't really have them on a on a bad ankle. I'd be making it go short. In a brutally honest, it's the Roosters. You basically know you're going in and going to lose anyway. So why risk him? Give him the week off get him back and get him 100% for the next game, which you have a shot of winning. Um, that might be a defeatist attitude way of looking at it, but he's your best asset at the moment. Why, no, absolutely. why risk him? Yeah, no, look, um, like like Cowboys absolutely just, uh, you know, all at sea at the moment. Um, Paul Green, um, yeah, he, we'll have to wait and see what happens to him, uh, and we'll keep you updated on that. But um, just on the other side of things, um, you know, Kyle Fanagan and Kerry are just, you know they're, they're they're combining perfectly um in that halves combination for the roosters and you know they're looking quite dangerous as well there's quite a few dangerous combinations going around we'll talk about cleary and um what's his name coruscant a little bit later on as well they are absolutely lethal at the moment and i think that would be one of the matches to look out for is, is, a, is another panthers roosters encounter i think that will just keep the the viewers licking their lips because they're, they're both playing some terrific rugby league um, obviously, uh, historic night for Matty Ukuvalu, um, fringe player, wasn't even destined to be in the side on the weekend, gets a call up, 
and scores five tries in a match, first time since 55, and I think the first time for a rooster uh, as well, Brad. Yeah, what a story you can tell your grandkids. Um, basically getting called 10 minutes before the game. It was it was about 10 minutes before it because it was final warm-up. And, um, yeah, not a bad way to have your debut. Um, I, I think in that moment... You don't really have the nerves, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you'd be a bit more free. You, you, you sort of like, you know, it's almost like, dare I say, it's almost like, you know, getting a call up for a cricket game that you're not really wanting to play. Just go out there and swing health for leather. You just go out there and play the best football you can and, and see what happens. So, now look, well done to him. Um, you know, that's that's a quite an impressive performance. I mean, obviously, you saw where those tries were, though. That, that right side, they just took a hammering. And, yeah. you know, they were just having to get the ball out there and, and someone was going to pick up four points. So, you know, that right edge is, is a big concern for the Cowboys going forward. Um, I think that they're really ruining the fact that they let players like Ponga, Brandon Smith, Billy Kekau go um, over the last little while. Okay, there were other clubs vying for them with, you know, big, big, big amounts on the checkbook. But you really needed to hold on to those, those lads to sort of form um, a, a dominant side right now. And unfortunately... The Cowboys are all at sea, and Phil Gilders, um, you know, it's going to get ugly up there. He's he's sort of predicting, you know, things to get a little bit worse. So, look, um, great win from the Roosters, but a poor effort from the Cowboys. And Brad, um, that takes us into Friday night's fixture. Yeah, and that was the the Titans defeating the Warriors sixteen to twelve. Titans have ended a ten game losing streak at their own home ground, which I'm not sure many teams would have a record that bad at home. Um, <laughs> Warriors came out firing. It was 12-0, 10 minutes in, and um, it was ready to turn the TV off and go to bed going, this one's over. Um, but the Titans, they, um, they've been showing heart, as we've been saying, the last couple of weeks, and they just kept in the fight, um, wore them down, and then took over. It, it took them until almost the end of the game. They had a, an error from Roger that um, gave them good position. They took advantage of it. Um yeah, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, first of all, for the Titans, pretty happy for them, really. Like, they had a 40-point 40, 40 point scored against them last week. Their season sort of came a little bit undone last week after a really good start to the season. And I know that the listeners will be saying, hey, well, hang on a minute, they haven't won much. Yes, but what they've managed to do over there uh, is try and get some consistency and try and get some cohesion I think they are developing something nicely. We talked about a marquee player possibly going out there next year and, 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 and you know, joining forces with the Titans. So, look, I think that they are, are forming a club as such. Okay, they might not be getting the results, but they're forming a bond. And uh, under the new coach up there, the, the, things are happening slowly. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, as we all know, the Warriors have been in the competition some 25 years and have yet still to win a competition. So... Um, you know, it does it does take time. So I'm I'm really happy for the Titans in that regard. In terms of the Warriors, I, I'm pretty disappointed, really. Um, it's typical Warriors again. You know, 12, 12 points up and then to come and lose that game, that's heartbreaking. You know, they they shouldn't have lost that game, really. Um, I just felt that, yeah, they didn't they didn't play the full eighty minutes, and uh, you know, um, they they suffered as a result. Uh, I just, you know, it, it was silly errors that cost them. Yeah. Yeah. And I know um, Todd Payton had an interview during the week and said he spoke to the head of the referees after the game as if you have concerns rather than 
bleating it out and getting fined 10 grand you talked to them in private and um, the head of the referees board advised them that there were four big calls in the game that they actually got wrong um one being um the lone players try that the bunker denied there was uh, a shepherding call on hiku um and two others that i can't remember oh yeah um one where wade egan did a dummy half run to go over the line the marker was offside so that should have been a penalty try um those calls but in saying that with 10 minutes ago they were still ahead so I know people say it cost them the game, but it didn't because they were ahead still. They cost and that's themselves rugby the game. Yeah. yeah, and also that's rugby league. Like you've got to play to the whistle on the field. I mean, you can moan and bitch about it afterwards as much as you want, but the reality is the call on the night is the call. So you can't put it down to that. Just a frustrating loss, particularly after a decent win against Brisbane. It would have been good to go back to back, particularly against a side that again is not in that top echelon of teams at the moment. So yeah, pretty disappointing win, but. Um, Hey, look, let's hope that they can come good this weekend. Um, they've got a big game this weekend, so we'll cover that off a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was their match to win, and, and yeah, they looked they, they blew it. So disappointing. They're going to be losing four key players as well in, uh, after the Sharks game. So, yeah, that's going to be um, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for us. I, mean, I know we talk about the Bulldogs and being dire straits, but, hey, man, two, two more losses on the trot for the Warriors, and we're back where we started um, – with them as well after the first two losses in the pre-COVID. Yeah, okay, we got the win against the Dragons. and We've had also, you know, wins against the Sharks and the Broncos, but very little else, Brad, very little else. Yeah, it was the, the Cowboys, Cowboys and the Broncos. Sorry, Sharks, Cowboys and the Broncos. Sharks is this yeah, weekend. Sharks yeah, is this week, yeah. Um, they got – I had a look at the rest of the draw for the Warriors, and I can confidently put one win down out of the rest of the games. Um, and that's in six weeks' time we play the Bulldogs. <laughs> um, you never know, mate. The Bulldogs may have had a new coach by then. They may have a few games, a little bit of momentum. That Balmore Sports Ground, that club may, you know, don't, um, don't, have a lot of supporters there. So hey, come on, we, we've got to get that one. No, look, uh, I, I, genuinely, I genuinely believe that there's more than one more victory left in this Warriors side. Um, look, I don't, I don't think they could make the eight. To be honest, um, I, I'd like to think that they would. I think that they need an op. You know, try for a top ten finish at least. Get a little bit of pride and respect, and I guess trying to win at least half the games that they played this season that would be better than their twenty-five year history record suggests. Anyway, if you can try and win at least half the games, even that's going to be just you know very, very tough. Losing those four players as well is going to is going to um, definitely definitely um, cause some you know some pains there out the back, particularly on that right and left edge. We're losing two big wingers. Um, and you know, with what we've seen in weeks prior to them playing, we've seen what teams do to the Warriors is they camp us down in their own half. Our small back five unable to get out, they trap us, they bury us, they play the territory game, and we end up bleeding points. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, we'll move on to Friday night's fixture. Um, uh, another the second the second of our Friday night games, which was the Rabbitohs versus the Tigers. Now I had the Tigers down to win this one, Brad, but unfortunately the Rabbits came away with the goods. But a bit of controversy in this one, Bradley. Yeah, I thought it was a great game. Um, a lot of niggle. It was high intensity and gripping to watch. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about the um, the Josh Reynolds. I uh, shouldn't laugh. Uh, kicking Campbell Graham in the head um, when he was going for a loose ball. Completely accidental. It was it was um, a complete accident. A bit reckless. But 
the biggest call is Latrell. He ran in and gave gave Reynolds a bit of a slap and tickle, and um, he didn't get penalised for it. He he is now. He he's got two weeks. Yeah, I think it was a silly. I, I I have to say that was a silly play. Um, you know, you're you're a professional sports person. Nothing good was going to come out of that. Yes, I know that that's how Latrell, you know, um, plays the game. He plays with emotion. He plays with pride, and he backs his players and he backs his teammates, and that's great. Those are all quality attributes to have as a rugby league player. But professionalism and um you know keeping your head also need to be two other attributes that he should be considering um because the rabbitos they've been a bit of a funny team um in the first nine rounds of the season and they're one of those fringe teams that could easily make well not easily make the eight but they could make the eight or they could easily miss out on it and you know with him being gone for a couple of weeks that does put a bit of a dent in their side um and I just think that, yeah, if, if, if he if he had approached a little bit more differently, um, he could be playing this weekend, but unfortunately, he won't be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Silly, silly call from him. He's a bit emotional. Um, but before um, before that, it looked good. They, the first hour, they were 18-0 up, and it looked like they were going to run away with it. But Souths just let their foot off the gas, and... Um, the Tigers, with a lot of help from Benji when Benji came in off the bench, um, he kind of rejigged their attack and they started to come back. And if that game had been a little bit longer or they'd started their their uh, comeback a little bit sooner, it could be you could have been right on this one. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, like it was a fairly good game. I mean, in terms of, you know, uh, the Tigers managing to, excuse me, claw back uh, to an 18-10 loss. Uh, I think that right side, they were completely destroyed with, obviously, Dane Gagai getting his first NRL hat-trick. Um, I believe that he has scored a, a hat-trick in the NRL, um, sorry, a, 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 at representative level. Um, I don't know if it's a country-origin game or it's a country-city game or even a Queensland game. I know he's scored quite a few tries for Queensland, and I also believe he's scored in the green and gold. So I would have thought that he would have had an NRL hat-trick by now, but good on him, he, his first one. And... Um, yeah, they, they, like I said, the Tigers' right edge was just completely destroyed. Like in terms of Benji, however, um, look, Michael Maguire has come out and said that, you know, it's Benji's job to steer this side around. He's come back and put a little bit of faith back into him. Uh, Benji's been working tirelessly on his defence game over the last six, seven, eight weeks after he was sort of dropped uh, a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, to have him back, and I think his spark certainly did ignite the team. I think that, yeah, he, he, he needs to have uh, a fantastic end of the season for them to sort of be serious contenders of making the eight and he, he really needs to step up and potentially play some you know some really good football which could see him end his career on a high yeah and I think he knows that um if he's not performing as soon as Reynolds allowed back he he will be dropped again so he's got to play literally play every game like it's his last and um I think they're a, they're a more dangerous team with them out there. So I think the Tigers can get it together and um, make a decent stab at the the top eight and um, playoffs. Yeah, I think even if he was to jump in, you know, into the hooking role um, with maybe twenty minutes to go, if they're going to alleviate, you know, the number nine of his services for the rest of the game, then you know his presence on the park, I think, it is important for a team like the Tigers. Um, and you know he's he's the Kiwis captain at the end of the day, so you can't really have him on your bench. I think that you know I reckon a couple of those losses that they suffered um, between the time that he was dropped and now, uh, you know, his 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 input could have been 
definitely um, influential in those games. But hey, that's just hearsay now. So I want to keep, yeah. um, yeah, we'll keep you updated on the Tigers um, and we'll move on to the Saturday fixtures. Uh, we had the Sharks up against the Panthers and the Sharks absolutely taken to the cleaners by Ivan, uh, by you know Cleary's, Cleary's Panthers at 56 points to 24. Um, and Charlie Staines becoming the first Panther player to score four tries on debut. Another uh, fantastic performance from a debutant, Brad. Yeah, so it was the kind of the weekend for it. Unfortunately for him and, and um, Panthers fans, he's not playing this week because he got a, he broke some COVID protocols after such a great game. He had a few mates over to celebrate, and that breaks the rules. So a bit right. unfortunate for him. Um, yeah, there but, seems to be a little bit of that as well. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, it seems to be like a few. I, don't, I, I know a couple of the Eels players are hugging their family members in the crowd um, and breaking the COVID rules. So sorry, you were, you, you were, you were saying about um, Charlie Staines not being available um, for this yeah. weekend. It's nothing, nothing that serious. Same with that. That was a, the Eels player was on debut as well. Um, it's just, right. it's, it's a, it's still a new thing for some of these young boys that haven't played yet. So a lot of the older boys have known what you got to do day in, day out with this whole COVID protocol. So I think some of the young ones, just a bit more education on it. and um, But yeah, he was excited. So he had a good time. Um, but like you mentioned a bit earlier, um, Coruscant and Cleary's combination is probably one of the best in the NRL right now. Oh, I would um, go so far as to say that that's the best combination in the NRL at the moment. I don't know of a better combination. Yes, um, obviously you've got um, Cleary and Flanagan out at the Roosters playing well together. Um, I, obviously, Canberra now without Hodgson for the rest of the season. We'll cover that off a little bit later. Um, they, they're going to be suffering. And it really is, uh, I, I, I'm going to put it out there. I reckon if you've got your number seven and your nine, your six and your one playing hard and up the middle, that is when you get opportunities to spin the ball wide and allow your centres and wingers to really dominate the flow of the game. And that's what the Panthers are so good at. You know, they rip you up the middle. Uh, hey, look, besides the, besides Appy Coruscant and, you know, um, Nathan Cleary, I mean, getting them forward, James Fisher-Harris, James Tarmel doing the job up front, they are just killing teams at the moment, laying the platform. Coruscant's there. He picks the ball up. He's he's murdering them up the middle. And then you've got Cleary, who is just basically the playmaker at the back end. So they've got a really good formula over there. And, um, you know, as it stands right now, if, if we were calling – a grand final winner, I'd be saying it would be the Panthers after nine rounds, personally. That would be the team that I would pick to win it after nine rounds. Yeah, I think they're building every week, and um, each week they seem to look stronger and stronger, so that's that's not a bad prediction. And I think, um, talking about all those great players, you didn't even mention Kakao, who's one of the best exactly. second rowers out there. So the fact that he's so far down and talking about how good this team is shows how good this team is at the moment. Um because if he was in any other team, he'd be one of the first things you talk about. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing for the for the Sharks to lose by that much. They gave up ten tries, their left edge um, completely dismantled. Hopefully, the Warriors were taking notes. Um, yes, losing, losing Andrew, they lost Andrew Fafita after he, I talked about how he'd played his best game in a while last week. Um, then this round he gets injured, he's out for one to two weeks. So that's a big loss for the Sharks. Um, yeah, and it was, a, it was like, I mean, 56 points scored against them as well. I mean, I'm really, 
I've re- there have been some really big surprises in this season's um, contest so far because, you know, 56 to 24, the, they haven't been playing that badly recently, the Sharks, and yet they still got that many points ga- scored against them. It just goes to show you that the difference in, you know, a top four side versus a top eight side versus the rest of the competition. I think yeah. there's, you know, yeah. I reckon the, the table could be easily split into three segments, and that is the top four, your top eight, and then the rest. And um, that's, you know, you know, in, in, in your previous years, we've generally seen, you know, you've got your two or three teams at the top, but then you've got a whole bunch of teams basically that could make anywhere between four and eight. I think that at the moment, if you have a look outside that top eight, there's only really one or two teams that are really going to compete with the rest of those teams. So it's, it's, it's an interesting competition this season with the rule changes and whatnot. And it will be interesting to see when we get down to the nail-biting stages of the season to to see what happens, really. Definitely, and that leads us to the second game on Saturday, which was the Broncos defeating the Bulldogs 26-8. to um, So the, the losing streak's finally over. What what were your thoughts on the game? Well, the losing streak is finally over, um, and I'm happy for the Brisbane Broncos. Obviously, like uh, a few um, disappointing factors for them as well. Alex Glenn suffers a high-grade MCL injury. We could miss up to eight weeks after that victory. Um, they were singing their song in the changing rooms, which has been a long time coming. The faithful, the faithful were still out there to support them, though. Like, I mean, they still had a few, you know, people in the in the crowd. So, look, um, the Brisbane Broncos—they're not going to go away. They're 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 one of the key clubs of this NRL uh, competition. So, you're happy for them to see um, a, a victory. I mean, hey, look, albeit against an absolutely depleted and woeful Bulldogs, it's their worst record now for the Bulldogs after nine rounds uh, at the start of any competition in any rugby league competition in, held in Australia since 1908. And it's the worst performance in 1964 uh, in saying that. So, yeah, um, for Brisbane, Haas and Pang, I really fired. I think that those two have been playing really well. And um, for once, Haas can be, you know, pretty happy that he's on the winning end of, um, you know, on the winning side of it rather than on the losing side because we've seen in weeks gone by He's always been at the behind the goal line, revving his team up, having a word to say. He's a young fella, but he's got a lot of respect uh, amongst the team already, and he's going to be an exciting prospect. He'll, he'll be in that origin bench, I'd say. Yeah, he would. And, um, I know I know. during the week, the Broncos players actually stepped up and took over, basically, from Anthony Seabolt for the week for training sessions. He took a back seat, allowed the senior players to kind of lead it, um, some people didn't like it, saying like, he lost the locker room. But it was kind of like a, a team-building exercise. The the team are struggling. They got in there. And I think it, it showed in the game, Millie against the Bulldogs, yes. But um, they looked happy. And when they were happy, they were they were a lot more of an attacking flair-like team that we used to see rather than the um, hopeless, clueless looking team we've seen the last couple of weeks they they were trying things it was working and um it, the confidence boost could be what they need to get through the rest of the season will they make the eight i don't think they will but they won't be losing every week i think they're going to be a lot more competitive which i guess is all yeah. fans really ask for right now yeah i think um those you know going going out and playing golf this week and and getting their mind off the 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 rugby league saga that has followed them uh, them around for the last little while was good so hey look um you know uh, well done to the broncos on winning that game and, and ending the losing streak unfortunately for the uh, bulldogs losing dean pay uh, their troubles go from 
bad to worse, and we'll just have to see what happens with them. But um, following that game on Saturday, we had the Raiders up against the Storm. The Storm taking this one out 20 points to 14, a fairly close game if you look at it on the scoreline. But if you actually watch the game, I think you would agree that uh, the pretty much the Storm had this one over the Raiders. And there are some alarm signs, unfortunately, for the Raiders with two serious injuries, uh, two season-ending injuries, one to their captain, of course, um, Josh Hodgson, and Willie, uh, sorry, and winger Bailey Simonson, dislocated shoulder. So, um, you know, they're going to be out for at least the rest of this season. And, of course, still no John Bateman, Corey Horsburgh, Emre Gula, Sia Soliola, who are still all out injured. So this is probably the worst um, injury spike that Ricky has encountered in his coaching career. And he has gone so far as to say it's the worst injury spike he's ever seen. So, yeah, life will be hard for the Raiders and um, it will be definitely difficult for them to even win the competition this year, particularly after having high hopes of getting to the final series this year after being grand finalists. You would have thought that they would be there, thereabouts. Um, but unfortunately, it's starting to um, fall apart for them due to these injuries, Brad. Yeah, I think the injuries they, they already had that you've mentioned was was making it hard, but losing Hodgson's like the killer blow. Um, he's been he's been the, one of the best players uh, this season. He's, he's playing some extraordinary football. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a big yeah. blow. So without him, I think it's going to be very hard for them. Um, I had them picked to be if not winning it be in the grand final again and yeah i don't see that happening unfortunately for them but um maybe that's going to help them for next year when they get everyone back get it back into the swing of things and um start again yeah um we'll just have to wait and see uh, unfortunately it's just a week by week um situation for the raiders at the moment i think that one thing that was really awesome to see in the game was probably the you know the play of the round and probably the play of the season potentially as well. That Ryan Pappenhausen um, hundred meter try was something special, um, and it was a difference. It turned out to be the key play in the game, and it turned out to be the difference between the two sides at the end of it. So, um, yeah, did you did you like that one there, Brad? I did. It's um, it's great seeing all this young talent the Storm seemed to find, um, but he he's got big shoes to fill in Melbourne um, after that. That guy there, I think his name was Slater. He, he played a little bit. Um, yeah. But he, he's, he's doing all right. He's doing a good job. Yeah. He, um, he's, he's filling it well. And yeah, great play. Um, kind of sucked all the momentum out of the Raiders there. Um, they were a bit hard done by the Raiders with the, um, the bunker that we've already talked about. Um, Simonson got a Simbin early on. Um, shouldn't have been a, a Simbin. The, um, Graham Allersley's come out and said now Addo Carr scored minutes after that Simbining down that edge where he would have been again I, I feel like it's a warrior situation again it didn't cost the Raiders the game but it's um, yeah I suppose it takes a bit of a hit mentally um, oh, it's, it was a bunker blunder uh, you yeah. know and Allersley coming out and saying we got it wrong again um, yeah, terrible. But hey, look, um, like you know, Ricky wasn't making any excuses for that at the end of the game. He normally does blow a gasket, that fella, but um he was he was pretty well contained. I think he's just he's just overwhelmed by the um by the absolute huge amount of injuries injuries that they've got. So yeah, we'll just have to keep our eyes on the Raiders. Um, but that leads us into the other sun uh, Sunday's fixture, sorry. And on Sunday we had the Knights against the Eels, um, which was obviously top of the table Eels. Taking this one out, six in a row now, um, 10 points to four against Newcastle, Brad. 
Yeah, I think um, basically you could put it down to Clint Gutherson was the difference in this match. It was a um, it was a battle, and it's what the Eels needed um, if they want to go all the way. They need some battles. Um, get in the grind, get dirty, and um, come out the other side a winner. So I think it's going to help them in the long run. Uh, Knights, it's they got they got a lot of injuries and concerns. Um, they're still they're still got the goods though. So they'll be confident in this. They they only lost by six against one of the best teams in the comp. So they'll take some confidence out of it. Yeah, I just think how they're using some of their resources at the moment at the Knights, I think, um, uh, is where they're going wrong. Obviously, Pierce is playing with a bit of an injury there. Um, his knee is heavily strapped. And, you know, Ponga also, he had five head knocks. You know, their key their key weapon, I guess you could say, out the back. Um, teams are really targeting him. And um, he had like five head knocks um, since the COVID break, two in the game on the weekend. And, you know, he, he he's standing too deep there, I feel, at second receiver. You know, uh, and that's where Pierce is not taking the game up the middle enough. I think that he's got to get in more near that five-eight position um, rather than stand out there almost on the flank. And I think he's got to get himself a little bit more involved a little bit earlier and take a little bit of the pressure off uh, Mitchell Pierce. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what their strategy is after a few sort of, uh, you know, mediocre performances. I think they came back last week and had a victory, but they lost the week before that when they went north to the Cowboys. So. Yeah, um, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I think, you know, if you have a look at, you know, the, the fullbacks in the competition that are really, um, you know, creating havoc, Tedesco, Gutherson, these guys are really playing at the line. And I think that, um, yeah, Kalen is just getting found out at the moment and he's got to change change something because he's a great player. Uh, he, he's explosive, he's, he's lightning quick, and we want to see the best of him. But at the moment, they're just not allowing um, the ball to get to him fast enough and in that yeah. elusive yeah. space for him to make the play. Yeah, he needs to just change his attack. But he's young, he will, I'm sure. It's just a process. Um, that leads us to the final game of the the round. Bit of an upset for me, not exactly the result, but the scoreline. And that was the Dragons defeating the Seagulls 34-4. to um, Yeah, I had a, a feeling... I had a feeling the Dragons might get it. I didn't pick it. But, yeah, I didn't expect them to win by 30. Um, yeah, it looks, the Dragons have got, got their shit together, really. Um, McGregor had the, the pressure on him. They He made the changes he needed to make. The players have responded. And they are a better team than they've been all year. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like you know, I mean, you talk about those changes. I mean, Ben Hunt playing in the hooking position. He plays there for uh, he's played there for Queensland and it's not his desired position but he's playing some really good football there so I think that's a, a fantastic move him and Dufty are just uh, been playing out of their skin I mean it, it, Ben Hunt was superb at dummy half and Dufty at fullback great you know Zach Lomax and uh, you know looking dangerous on that right edge also very very good on the weekend look for Manly it's um you know three straight losses first time since 2018 that that's happened and they just look all at sea unfortunately with the um, injuries that they've got. Um, you know, Tom Travojevic, Vanua Blake, Dylan Walker, they're not far away, but they've only won five out of 17 games. It's an interesting stat, actually. Five out of 17 without Tom Travojevic there over the last 18 months. Now, that's less than 30% as opposed to when he is there. They win 83% of the time. So depth at, at you know on the northern beaches is uh, a major concern. And lack of spark out of dummy half is another. So 
We've talked about that dummy half area. It's a crucial part of the game these days. It is where teams are taking advantage of the new laws and the new rules. So, yeah, um, Manly just, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling at the moment. And, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they do get um, some of their players back. But I'd be marking them down as, you know, potentially near the bottom of the ladder um, uh, over the next coming weeks uh, before they get some of their key players back. Yeah, I think I think they're they're in for a rough time, unfortunately for for their fans. But um, that brings us to the end of the round. So if you're there, Paul, are you able to bring up the ladder? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a few technical difficulties today um, with Paul, but he has managed to scrape through, and there it is. There's the ladder. Um, so you can see there, basically at the top of the ladder, we've got the eels who are continuing to, you know, just play some amazing football, followed by the Panthers, Storm, Roosters, Knights, Rabbitohs, Raiders, and the West Tigers that make up the eight. So obviously the Sea Eagles um, and the Sharks are dropping out of the eight. Um, so we've got Sharks, Sea Eagles, Dragons, Cowboys, Warriors, Broncos, Titans, and the Bulldogs making up the rest of the competition. Brad, I just want to ask you something. Where do you see, which teams do you see that definitely have no chance of making the eight? Um... Definitely not making the eight. I would have the Bulldogs, the Titans, uh, Cowboys, Warriors. So you're still harboring thoughts that the Broncos can beat the likes of the Dragons, the Sea Eagles and the Sharks to get up there and potentially snatch a top eight spot? I'm on the fence with them. I don't think they will, but their draw isn't too bad. And if they can continue how they played in the the last round, they could surprise some teams and squeak up there. Um, I'm looking forward to watching these dragons play over the next couple of weeks because what a what a turnaround they've had. McGregor was almost on ice; he was literally on ice earlier on in the season, and people were calling for his head. And what a, he's done a fantastic job to turn it around. But I mean, um, yeah, they're they're playing some good football. Okay, they beat a depleted Manly side, but it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, in, in the next coming weeks how they go. And and saying that, we'll have a look at. Um, you know, the round nine picks that we had. And we'll then have a look at quickly, have a quick look at round 10. Yeah, so um, I got six out of eight and you got five out of eight. The uh, the difference was the, the tigers Rabbitohs game. Yeah, I gave you that one. I mean, I did take a bit of a punt on the old Tigers there. But um, hey, look, um, I, I genuinely thought they could come away with the points. So yeah, no, um, it leaves us, leaves me at 32 out of 48 compared to your 33 out of 48. So we're one game apart. We're still, um, yeah, still neck and neck. Still pretty much neck and neck. And um, Paul, do we have any questions from the viewers at this stage? Or listeners? No. He's not there. I, I can see. Um, yeah. I think you've uh, kind of gone through them um, basically around about um, uh, will all the teams move to Queensland to avoid the uh, um, COVID outbreak in New South Wales? Um, what do you think is uh, the likely situation of, as, as to where, where the rest of the game is going to be played? Yeah, it's a tricky one. It really does. It's it's um, it's really dependent on how badly things are getting in, in New South Wales, I suppose. Obviously, Melbourne's locked out now. Um, I guess the next major state sort of looking at doing something similar is New South Wales. So, yeah, if it, if it does get any worse, dare I say, we could be, you know, seeing a lot of places go into lockdown and 
a whole review of the competition really um yeah. so it's an unknown at the moment to be fair yeah i think sydney just had a recent cluster which has caused everyone to be a bit worried um so if that cluster does seem to build i think they're gonna have to move it they should just throw them all on a plane send them over here in the well exactly i can get to watch some live league again um and we're a bit safer that won't happen but yeah i think queensland is a high possibility because they won't want to cut off the season again so i yeah. think they're gonna as, as soon as it looks like it's bad i think they'll ship everybody over yeah no i think that's um the right thing to do uh, I know they some mixed messages to the young guys yeah i think yeah the young guys i think they are getting a bit confused they they see the crowds back at the stadiums and they think it's okay um so yeah i think it's more uh, it's a bit more of an education from the clubs and the nrl to the young boys about what you can and can't do because yeah if you see crowds there you kind of feel like it's back to normal and um, oh, mistakes I, I, happen probably, yeah mistakes happen but i mean these guys are professionals they've been told that they're not allowed to do it. that's just almost ignorance i'm sorry on behalf of some of those lads i mean come on mate we've the whole world knows what's been happening and to be able to go out i mean would you be going around hugging public uh, members of the general public on the sideline right now i don't think so so they really do need um to sit down with them and tell them one more time hey look this is not acceptable and that's it you know and then potentially um have some sanctions against them if they re repeat offenders to be fair yeah yeah now i, I must I, I, the um the kid who scored a uh, hatch reckon then had a few people over now he had his parents his like his brother sister-in-law and a couple of a couple of family friends so you had 10 people over you're allowed 10 people in a day but only in two groups of five yeah so he had 10 in one group of 10 rather than two groups of five i think yeah i can see how he got mixed up in that one yeah and i think it was I think yeah. a little bit harsh on him because um, look it yeah. was parents it wasn't like he was having like a some sort of mass orgy or something going on um <laughs> uh, he had his mum and dad around because he just scored a hat trick with his yeah. with his brother and, and and a couple so yeah i think he was a little hard done by um, but I think, the, yeah, the rest of them, as you're right, look, they're professionals. They should have been told by now. They should know what's going on. Um, but, yeah, and that's that's it from the uh, from the chat room, guys. Awesome. Cheers well, for that, Paul. Cheers for that, Paul, mate. We'll hit, crack into round 10, ladies and gentlemen. And um, on Thursday night, uh, we've got the Roosters playing $1.23 versus the Raiders at 4.20 all of a sudden, uh, looking like they're on the, much on the outer and outer uh, as the season is going along with these injuries. And, yep, I see the Roosters taking this one comfortably. Yeah, same here. I think um, too good and Raiders too many injuries. I see rugby league being come back to the FCG as well. I think for the first time this year, correct me if I'm wrong. So that will be so, um, yeah. that'll be nice to see on Thursday night. Friday night we've got the Storm against the Titans. I don't think there's too many surprises here. Dollar seven playing eight dollars fifty. Um, I've got the Storm comfortable victors in this one, but it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to see if the Titans can hold them to um you know uh, a reasonable score that would be the challenge i think from the titans obviously you go out there you go out there to win but um if they start losing then uh, if they can hold them to a reasonable score and and play some solid defense keep melbourne out that will show the true character of this titan side yeah it'd be good to see them fight but yeah storm coming away with the win there and then for the second game on friday is the uh the Tigers paying a dollar fifty-two against the Broncos paying a dollar fifty-five, so it's quite close there. Um, I'm going with the Tigers. I think the Broncos showed some good spirit, but I think the Tigers are still the better team. 
Yeah, I think that um, the the Broncos, obviously, just after that one win, um, you know, there's not too much to ride home about just yet. I think that, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to be a, a, a very, 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 very strong guy to go and put your bank, your house on, on the, the Broncos. But just, just a correction on those odds. It's actually 255 for the Broncos there, Brad. Sorry, that oh, was yeah, my sorry. mistake. Um, it's yeah, so two fifty five for the Broncos and um a dollar fifty two for the um for the Tigers. So yeah, look, I, I've got I'm backing in the Tigers for this one. I think down at Leichhardt, you know, the Broncos going down there. Yeah, they had the win against the Dogs, but Benji back. Um, and yeah, just the way that I think that the the Tigers have been uh, playing lately. Um, in comparison to the Broncos, both not overly fantastic sides at the moment, but I still see them coming away off the points. Yeah, and then on Saturday, the first game of the day is the Dragons paying a dollar thirty against the Bulldogs three fifty. Um, was meant to be a bottom dweller game, but I think the Dragons are showing some some great improvement, and they'll come away with the win here. Yeah, I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bulldogs only win this season. Is it against the Dragons back in round three or four? I I, I think I'd have to go back into the records to have a look at that, but I believe that they've they've met the season. I know that. Um, and I was I just think, thinking, I think it was, I think, yeah. I think, I think that the dragons, the upset from the dogs, this isn't the dragons are really in that poor slump, um, poor form, poor slump of form uh, earlier on. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the dragons piling on some points, to be honest. They're playing some good football. I'm um, looking forward to seeing, you know, more of Dufty and Hunt, um, ripping up, uh, you know, the bulldogs who are already at dire straits. So, um, no surprise in that one. Rabbitohs versus Knights on the, on the Saturday as well. Um, this is a tight one. Dollar eighty-five plays a dollar ninety-five. Who are you picking for this one, Brad? Yes, um, I'm going with the Knights. Um, Knights have been a bit rusty, but I think the Rabbitohs without Latrell um, are a little bit easier to beat. It's going to be tight, but yeah, I'm going with the Knights. Yeah, I think I'll stick with the Rabbitohs on this one. I know Latrell won't be there, but I think that they. You know they they they're playing some good football um at the moment you know they had a good win against the tigers um and i think that they can you know beat this night side even though they've been playing some good football in previous weeks the knights have sort of just dropped the ball over the last three four weeks and you know that that, that lack of um urgent attack i think is going to you know play against them so yeah i'll go for the bunnies on this one um that leads us into sunday's fixtures we've got the sea eagles versus the eels um top of the table eels obviously Surprise that they're only paying a dollar twenty-eight to beat the Sea Eagles. I thought it would have been a hell of a lot more than that. Um, com- 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 comparing like you know the Melbourne odds uh, against the yeah, Titans at a dollar seven. So yeah, um, I've got the Eels taking up this one, Brad. Yes, I've got the Eels as well. Um, too good, and the Sea Eagles got too many injuries. Sunday's other fixtures are the Warriors versus the Sharks and the Panthers versus the Cowboys. We'll start with the Warriors and the Sharks. Warriors paying two eighty-five. Odds on to lose this one against Johnson's Sharks. I'm backing the Warriors to come back and win this one. Last game for the Mamalos, the Fusatuas, King, and, of course, um, Ignatius Parsi before they fly back. So that I reckon they'll have a solid performance, and they've got one more win before they hit the plane. I think that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I'm going the other way. I want the Warriors to win, but I think the Sharks... Um... Sharks look the better team, and I think they'll be a bit hurt from their performance last week, so they'll be out to make a statement, unfortunately. Yep, and then, of course, we've got the Panthers and the Cowboys. Looks like it's going to be another high-scoring encounter. Panthers, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys can't hold out another 42 points and 
go back to back to back. That will be the challenge for them. The Panthers paying dollar fourteen to the Cowboys five seventy five. Brad. Yeah, I think it's Panthers easy win. So that wraps up our round ten picks. We've got a couple of different um, games in the mix there. We've got Brad going for the Knights over the Rabbitohs. I'm picking the Rabbitohs for that one. Um, earlier in the round, we've got pretty much the same same picks, and then we've got the Warriors and the Sharks, which is the other um, difference of opinion that Brad and I have. So, look, we've um, got a bit of news update from the overseas um, from the overseas uh, competitions, namely the Super League, less than three weeks away from relaunch. Um, fixtures to be fixtures to be announced next week, um, and there's no news on the women's game as of yet, Brad. Yeah, so we, we should have a bit more news on the actual fixtures once they've announced them next week for the show next week, which will be good. But yeah, that's really it for the, the news from across across the pond. Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, this is The Standoff with Sanj and Brad, and uh, we hope that you can tune into our podcast if you missed our show live here on Facebook on Wednesdays at 8. Um, Brad, and that podcast again, how do the listeners get to that? So go to iHeartRadio or Facebook and just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Good evening. Thank you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.